they paying. We staying late in four pals, no cows done. Made it with them big boys up in this industry, outcast. Yeah, them they making big noise over a million sold to this day. They take it lightly, 96 gonna be that year that out. Y'all play this hit, it's gonna bite me. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Dial H for Hero Clicks, where I am your host, Hunter Smith. And we have yet another short episode today. If you guys didn't catch us last week, I announced our new format to the podcast where we will be doing a quote unquote long episode alternating with short episodes. So you'll get two long episodes in a month, two short episodes, they'll alternate. And the reason for that is because of our personal changing schedules, particularly mine. Um, I'm getting back into MMA, which is just something I like to do for fun, uh, mixed martial arts fighting, and something I've done in the past and something I've been wanting to do but uh, was kind of taking a hiatus from for college and and marriage and everything. And now that I am ready to do that, it's going to take up more of my time. Uh, so we we made some adjustments to the podcast and to some other things so that we can accommodate myself, my schedule, and also uh, the other guys too. So th- with this new format, you will still get episodes every week. You'll just have a little bit shorter episode um, every other week. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. It You know, sometimes during the lulls in the Hero Click seasons if you will, um, we get kind of, uh, things kind of die down. There's not as much to talk about all the time anyway. So this kind of makes the content, uh, makes us always have something interesting to talk about on the cast as well. Uh, I will, however, have a listener guest, uh, come on a little, little bit later in the cast and we together will be talking about Return of the King, the uh, Lord of the Rings set that came out this past week. It is a smaller set, and it's a CTD. There's only 16 figures in it. But he and I will go through and discuss which ones we think are the must-owns from this set. If you're not planning on picking up the entire 16 figures, we will at least let you know like what we think are the key ones to pick up and also talk about the distribution and everything. So that will be a little later. First, I want to cover community before I bring on my guest. Um, first topic in community section is best build. If you guys missed the best build assignment last week, the assignment is Elseworlds. If you're unfamiliar with how best build works, you will take these build rules that I'm about to read through. You will design a team that you would like to play for this build, and then you will submit it to us at dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com. And then Drew, Austin, and I will go through these teams. We will each pick one that we want to play. We will play your team. And then whichever one of us in an actual event upcoming at my venue, we will play your team in this event against a lot of other you know people. And then whichever of us ends up with the higher, the best record, uh, the person who, whichever one of you guys submitted that team to us, wins the contest. And you win some custom uh, uh, comic book hero clicks poker chips so here is the assignment you will design a team that fits this build a 600 point silver age team um, we'll say golden age for those of you who who have different silver age rules so 600 point golden age team that is a uh, has a character from at least four different universes once you hit the minimum four universes then you can double up so uh, the different universes would be DC, Marvel, Mage Knight, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit all fall under the same category. Yu-Gi-Oh, Street Fighter, Pacific Rim, Kick-Ass, Dota, Bioshock, Assassin's Creed, Halo, Gears of War, and Star Trek Tactics Away Team, which are not the ships but the actual individual figures. Those are the different universes. So you have to have your team, your 600-point team has to have at least four of those different universes covered. So you can have one figure from DC, one Lord of the Rings, one Yu-Gi-Oh!, one Street Fighter. Once you get your minimum of four, 
you can then double up so then you could have another you know more, the rest of your team be dc or you or you can continue covering more universes totally up to you but you got to have at least four universes covered in your 600 point golden age team there will be no tact uh no uh, uh feats or battlefield conditions no relics atas or resources so basically no tactics except for theme teams essentially uh, so submit those teams to us. You got we've already gotten a lot from you guys, and it's appreciated. I'd say we've probably gotten at least twenty five so far. But uh, keep submitting those you have until the twenty first. This is a very easy and free co- uh, contest that we have, just like our other contest, Dial Design. That leads me into Dial Design, where week two the assignment was design a figure for the flash set and I gave a big list of keywords like police, justice league, injustice league, legion of uh or uh, sorry, not legion of secret uh, secret society of supervillains, um police, all the things that matched flash um rogues was one of the keywords, authority since that's already announced to be a sub theme for the set. So you guys submitted your figures are your dials um, pretty good scores all around? The top two were We Are Venom and Doctor Doom PhD. I decided to make We Are Venom the featured dial this week because he had a three-way tie for first last week and he lost the random roll. So I figured, hey, he's got you know he made the top two weeks in a row, so we got to give him the the nod this week. So he will be our featured dial this week. So let's pull up We Are Venom's dial. Uh, Doctor Doom PhD um, did the top. If anybody's wondering, for he did a Rogues figure. Uh, if you guys want to go and find the the link on our podcast description and check these out on HC Realms. But um, let's find. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought I had it pulled up already for We Are Venom and. Apparently I do not. Here it is. Uh, he also did a rogue. He did Weather Wizard, which is kind of a... That's a tough task. You know, I, I had thought about doing one for Weather Weather Wizard myself. Uh, but I gotta say, he did it better than I think I probably could have. The figure it has the calculator team ability and is 139 points. It has 7 range 2 bolts and has the rogues and secret society keywords. It has 2 traits. Shrouded by fog, when it is not your turn, squares adjacent to and occupied by Weather Wizard are considered hindering for line of fire purposes. Weather Wizard and friendly characters with the rogue keyword can use stealth if they occupy one of these squares. So right off the bat we have a really cool and thematic trait. Then we have a second trait, unprotected from the elements. When Weather Wizard draws a line of fire to an opposing character... If the entire line of fire crosses outdoor terrain, then he can use improved targeting, ignores elevated hindering and character. So if it's outside, he can use the weather to, you know, clouds to his advantage, get to you no matter what. Another really cool and thematic trait. And he has a lot of special powers comboed with the traits. Usually that's something that kind of detracts from a dial. But this is one of the rare cases where it all just kind of works together. Nothing is super complicated. And it, it, it is all very thematic and unique, and it, and it just really works. Uh, he has running shot and barrier, and then a special damage power called Who Says Lightning Never Strikes Twice. Weather Wizard can use Range Combat Expert as a range combat action, and when he uses it once per turn, if the attack misses or is evaded, he may immediately use Range Combat Expert to target the same character as a free action. Very humorous and, and unique special power there. Then he picks up a special movement power, Eye of the Storm. Weather Wizard can use Sidestep, give him a power action, move him up to his speed value as a free action, and after action resolve, roll a d6. Uh, During that movement, he can ignore Mm -hmm. characters and blocking terrain. If Weather Wizard moves through a square occupied by an opposing character, that character is knocked back equal to the d6 roll. In a direction of your choosing, is given an action token, and any knockback damage is penetrating. He cannot use his Shrouded by the Fog trait this turn if he used this power. So, 
That's really cool. That's something that I don't think I've ever seen on any figure off top of my head. Um, where instead of, he kind of does like a Phantom Girl type thing, except not quite as far movement, but he kind of goes through, and then he gets to do something special where he's not attacking you. It's not hypersonic, but it's a really cool thematic type of thing, and there is at least a negative to it as well. You know, if he's the Eye of the Storm, then he cannot use his uh, Shrouded by Fog trait. And then he has a special attack power, which is pretty simple. Weather Wizard. He can use TK, Energy Explosion, Quake, End Cap, and Force Blast. But the dial just really works. Um, it's pretty well costed, maybe a little bit under costed, but that's totally fine, as most of our dial design dials are under costed. As long as it's not um, really, really drastically under costed, then we never deduct points from you guys. So great job. Great job from everybody, but especially We Are Venom who's off to a commanding lead with two, uh, the top score two weeks in a row. And this, the assignment I gave out for this week was for Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, really, I didn't have many upcoming sets left to choose from. We already did Guardians of the Galaxy. Second week, we did uh, Flash. Third week, I decided to do a... Um, with Yu-Gi-Oh! Series 2 being really the only set that we haven't covered that's come that's been officially announced by WizKids for coming out. I really just had that to choose from. And then I went ahead and I added on uh, Hobbit the Three Armies, I think is what it's called, which is the what's going to be the third Hobbit movie. Even though that's not officially announced by WizKids yet, as you guys know, we can pretty much assume it's coming. They've done a Hobbit set for the first two movies. They've done Yu-Gi-Oh! Or, uh, click sets for all the Lord of the Rings movies. So I think it's a pretty safe assumption that there will be one for Battle of the Five Armies, which is the last Hobbit movie. So I went ahead and included that in here as well. So you have to design a, a dial for a character from Yu-Gi-Oh!, any character, or a dial that's based uh, on a character who is in Tolkien's The Hobbit. So at, as of now, depending on when you guys listen to this, you have until Saturday to submit a dial, which is June 14th. So if you guys are a HC Realms member, if you're not, go ahead and sign up. It's totally free, and it's a great website. But it, if you want to join in the contest, you still have until uh, Saturday is the last day that you can submit dials to this. And it's, again, totally free contest to win something really cool prize and to just uh, kind of hang out, talk with each other, and and uh, talk clicks and comics on the in the thread as well. Last part of community is YouTube. I'm sorry that I'm running late. I know I had said that I would have the Thunderbolts review up and the War of the Light pack review up yet uh, already. I'm about a week behind just with the wedding and everything. I've been really busy. But I'm going to be doing them tomorrow. Uh, I don't have the War of the Light pack yet, but I have Thunderbolts Fast Forces. Just got it in today. I'm going to be reviewing that and putting that video up tomorrow, I promise. So for any of you guys who are holding off on the Thunderbolts Fast Forces, I'll be check I'll be doing that and posting the video to our YouTube tomorrow. And I will also be doing a Return of the King unboxing. I'm really excited about that. So I'll be unboxing, showing you the pulls from 1CTD, and then showing you the sculpts as well. So if you're interested in that, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dial H for Hero Clicks where we also have tons of other things. And I also post each episode of the show there. If you guys prefer the YouTube, you know, prefer to uh, watch it on YouTube instead of downloading the whole podcast, you can do that as well. I usually get it up on YouTube the next day or the day after. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in special guests, and then we will together cover news and cover Return of the King must-owns. On now. There it goes. All right, so I have with me my special guest this week, and it is William. You go by William or Will? Will. Will Holland, who has uh, written to us, uh, given us interesting questions throughout the over the past year, and and commented on listener questions or weekly community questions, and and sent us asked me some interesting question PMs and stuff so I, I appreciate all your activity over the last year William and I'm glad that we got to have you on to be a listener guest this I'm week glad to, glad to be on man uh, one of my top, you know three three here for podcast you know <laughs> so 
Good deal. Um, yeah. I'm going to start off asking you the mandatory guest questions. When did you start playing okay. Heroclix? I started playing Heroclix right around Armor Wars, believe it or not. Uh, that was back in the day before they had, you know, those cardboard pieces that came with the, you know, with the cards and stuff on it and everything. Back in the day when you had Iron Man and War Machine in the same pack. Yeah. You know, uh, icons and stuff like that just really picked up there. So that's what I really thought playing. All right. Um, what are some of your favorite characters in comics or favorite comic series? Like, what what do you like the most comics wise? I really like Mighty Avengers right now. Uh, Mighty Avengers is, is, is an interesting concept, I think, for Marvel. Uh, for the longest time, I've always kind of wondered what black characters were. Uh, you know, like Black Panther, you know, the comics, like, they kind of sparked out. And so it was really interesting to see a group of not just black characters, but ethnic characters on one team together working together well. You know, I mean, you have everything from Danny Rand, you know, Iron Fist, through uh, White Tiger, and Luke Cage in between trying to lead this ragtag team along with Blue Marvel, of all people. You know, one of the more obscure characters of all the universe. But it's really, it really seems like a really interesting read. Uh, I haven't been able to pick it up in the last week or so, but I've been saving up for a test I have to take. Is the Amazing X Men? Is that the one that started with them going back and getting Nightcrawler? Yeah, going back and getting uh, Nightcrawler and that. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. I loved that. The art is beautiful in that book too. I loved that. But Dennis is always going to knock a home run out though with artwork though. Yeah. It's really neat to see Kurt kind of doing his thing, kind of going back to the Washburn roots, things like that. I think that's awesome. I li- I'm like in Mighty Avengers. I haven't read Scribblenauts, but I'm like in Mighty Avengers too. Um, I'm I like Blade a lot, and I was so glad that he they finally revealed that it was him. Yeah. And it looks like they're kind of going in his direction. Was a guy, I think, first, and then he was Ronan. I was just like, really? Why can we just have him as Blade? Yeah. It kind of seems like with the story arc that they're leading towards uh, something based around him, too, if you haven't... Like, the last couple of issues are kind of hinting towards that, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's like you know, you got to imagine Mighty Avengers, the story arcs are kind of doing the same thing that Thunderbolts did when it first started, where, you know, you kind of had this one single mission, and then you're kind of going down these other people's path. Yeah. And you're going. Um, what are your three favorite Heroclix figures? Three favorite Heroclix figures? That's a hard question. Uh, my first one is, better go back all the way, Legacy Veteran Jinx. Uh, when I first got into the game, she was a figure that I picked up uh, through an online store. And when I picked that piece up, she, I, that little nine-figure nine blaster with PC... And wild card, she got calculator CA, always put in work for me. But she's always probably been one of my number ones. Number two would be probably the Ant Man, Giant Man combo that came in the, I believe it was a comic book from a couple of years ago. Yep. And uh, that was one. And, and, and more so the Ant Man pog that came with it, the Giant Man. I, don't know, I do like the idea of. Wolfing up on somebody, you know, running, you know, charging up one of the other ant men and then going giant mode on them and hitting people from two away. That's always nice. And then the third one is a more recent one, and it's um, the hand ninjas from Deadpool. They just, I mean, they, oh my God, just having the ability with like Bloody Mary, a Cyclone Mary, the TK, what are these guys? Uh, have another one move up. Uh, and then go, okay, now we're going to attack the three. We're adjacent to one another. Yeah, so, I just played a big hand team. I think I talked about it on the podcast. I played a big hand team, and they played way better than I expected. I, I knew they'd be pretty solid, but, man, they they are way better. They play even better than they look on paper. Yeah, I've got to get my hands on a Wolverine Agent of Hydra because then they get the ability to do the Hydra ability for close combat. So. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I had I, I had Wolverine, Silver Samurai, Hobgoblin Prime, 
and two hand ninjas, two snake root clan ninjas, and Electra. It was a big, it was a big deal. It was a blast. I loved it. I definitely am going to be playing the hand more uh, in the future. Yeah. All right, and then um, favorite theme team. Just because it's always a team that I'm able to put really good figures together with. I know for a while, you know, when uh, the movie Avengers, uh, the Avengers movies that came out, you know, I was able to run a bunch of different type of soldier squads. One of my favorite older squads was the thing from Secret Invasion, Starter, and Winter Soldier. Getting to the place where you had that thing going, your irrelevant blue eyed thing, and just literally taking a toga off of Winter Soldier just having them shoot crazy. Yeah, because they both had the keyword, and so you just literally just have them going nuts and just shoot people all over the place. Mm-hmm. All right, and then last question, and this will be interesting from somebody who's been playing as long as you. What is your favorite set of all time? Oh, wow. Okay, favorite set of all time. Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting, and I'm going to go with it because it's the first one I thought of that I remembered loving when I got it. Arkham Asylum. Uh, it gave me some early Yellow Lanterns. You know, our Dark and the Manhunters and things like that. That I really am surprised we didn't get Manhunters. We haven't gotten Manhunters as far as I know in the world of light yet. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know, I think someone was telling me there's some in the, uh, there's a po- Manhunter Possum in the War of Light scenario pack. Yeah, I like the buy a brick idea too, honestly, and it helps move product. I'm, I think they that might be something that they might revisit uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, all right, good answer. That's it. That is a great set. I know that's Drew's favorite set. Um, okay. So, let's talk about news really quick. I know there's not a whole lot to talk about, but if you guys at home want to follow along with us, go to HeroClicks.com. We're on the main page. Um, and we'll cover everything that has came up since last week when we recorded. Uh, the UK HeroClix National Champion has been decided, and it is Alex Cross, so congratulations to you. He played, uh, let me make sure the format real quick before we talk about the teams. Uh, it doesn't actually say the format. I'm going to assume it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to assume it's just standard 300 point uh, modern age. Point. And his uh, team was Brother Voodoo, Lydia Malor, Split Lip with the book, full book, White Witch, and Superfan. So a lot of key pieces that we knew would be uh, showing up. Not a theme team, though, which is interesting because sometimes theme team can really make the, all the difference. Second place was Ralph Redfern with the New Mutants team base and Wolfsbane, and extra Wolfsbane from uh, the... Wolverine and the X-Men set, who's a great underrated piece. I've, I've played her recently. Uh, with oh, wow. the utility belt on her. And then we have Joe Lewin with the Hellfire Club team base in third place. Fourth place also went to a Hellfire Club team base. Interesting. Fifth, the Hellfire Club team base is brutal. Yeah, it's, that and the New Mutants are the two you know left standing. I think Justice League... Maybe I'm crazy, but I think Justice League can still hang with the best of them with, under, with the right player playing. Well, I guess Edward kind of showed that. You know, he he got second right. in, a, in a super queue with it. I think that can still hold its own, and we may see it make a few waves at Gen Con. I, we'll see. Well, and you got to remember too, Justice League. We are getting new figures for it in the OP kit. So with those figures, with the Black Canary and the new Wonder Woman, we don't know what they may bring to the table. Yep. Uh, Matt Hardy got fifth place with a Legion of Superheroes team, and I'll then put out the Matt Hardy. That would be odd. Chris Dunn with a mystical theme team with Iron Pharaoh, White Witch, Chaos War, Scarlet Witch, and Power Plant. A uh, here's an interesting team in seventh place: Edward Bentley with Gates, Three Science Police, 
Franklin Richards from the New Days of Future Past set and the Power Plant. And then uh, eighth place was uh, two M10 Ironmans at 125, Split Lip and a Super Fan, and a Full Book. So, very interesting teams. Congrats to everybody who placed top eight. I'm sure since it was a national championship, there were a lot of players there. So, congrats to you guys. And then, there for those who uh, are in Europe, they have readjusted the release dates for sets um, as... If you guys don't know that, you know, those of us that live in North America, we may not know, but they get stuff, uh, I know Europe and Australia especially, you know, it's not as nice for them. They have to pay a little bit more for the product and they get it a little later than us. So the European release dates are out on HeroClicks.com for those of you guys who live in Europe and want to check out the release dates. They have been updated on HeroClicks.com. They're, for the most part, about a month after two weeks to a month after they release here then we have a live update from well let's do the other one first because that live update uh, I will kind of follow into something else um, okay. there's something that's been posted just within the last couple minutes I just checked the website and this wasn't on there but uh, important European DC Heroclix War of Light announcement it says, in order to accommodate the European re- release for War of the Light, we are announcing that War of the Light will not be considered tournament legal for European constructed events until one week after its release date in on June 21st. So basically, they're saying, uh, it, for those of you guys who don't know, Origins is going on as we speak. Uh, they are allowing War of the Light in official events here in the U.S., which out, you know, vis-a-vis Origins. But I guess they, they want to put this out there for any other official events going on um, in Europe right now that War of the Light for you guys is not legal until after the set releases uh, on yeah, June 21st. Have that stuff right, so if you guys have been hitting up uh, U.S. eBay and getting, grabbing the pieces real quick, unfortunately it won't be legal for you guys until a little later, so if that affects you, be sure you check that out for the details. But last thing is they did a live update from Origins, U.S. HeroClix Nationals today, and they just kind of briefly announced the uh, that things are underway for the qualifiers, and they've only done a few rounds of play, but they have the top three teams so far. Number one is my favorite player and a really great, awesome, very nice guy, George Masu, multiple-time champion. Uh, he oh, wow. is just playing Bizarro at 250 and Infinity Gauntlet at 40 points, full full Infinity Gauntlet. And, you know, that's this is something, without going on too big of a tangent, but it's something that when we did our uh, Superman Legion of Superheroes preview episode, I talked about how nuts Bizarro is going to be um, at full points and then with the Infinity Gauntlet and how Highfather was a smart move by WizKids. I actually was like really praising like WizKids for the intelligence to look ahead and say, if we're going to put out this bomb one-man army Bizarro, then Highfather needs to come out at the same time. And so they put out Highfather, which was the only thing keeping Bizarro in check. And now that Highfather's been errated, um, Bizarro basically has free reign, and I don't think they really thought that through. So for, for the time being, Bizarro is going to be doing really well at Origins this weekend, I assume. Um, Infinity Gauntlet for this event is still legal, but it will not be legal by the time that Gen Con rolls around. So I'm assuming people will be running uh, Anger's Hammer and, and other things with Bizarro. But then at that point, you had to add in Split Lip. You know, Split Lip in the book is 50 points, and then you have your 300-point team. But then again, now you have more than one character, so High Father would be kicking in if you ran into High Father. So then that kind of makes the team a little not as good once Infinity Gauntlet's gone. And another thing that would be weak, Bizarro team would be weak to is Lydia Malor. Uh, she would just simply take the Steel Energy Gem. And uh, now he does not have all his gems. He can be outwitted. And he d- does not have a source of healing. So that would slow him down a little bit, but he'd still be really tough to take down. Uh, second place is Matthew S. Brook, who's another well-known player, very good player. Uh, playing Uru Forge Absorbing Man, Parallax on Absorbing Man, 
the 25-point version, the Entity, and then Infinity Gauntlet on Absorbing Man, and Resurrection Man from the uh, WizKids. He's the purchasable one. And for those of you, yeah, his dial is nuts. It's the most difficult to read dial I've ever seen in the history of Hero Clicks. Uh, but I will link. I will try to remember to to put a link to his uh, his dial is spoiled on hcrealms.com in one of the forums. I'll try to link that for you guys for those interested on seeing Resurrection Man. But his dial is nuts. He basically comes with a D20, two D20s, I think. Are you familiar okay. with it? It's it's basically he um, when he gets hit, he turns onto these countdown clicks, which are like special KO clicks. He goes off the map, and as long as you still have figures left on the field, then he's still in play. But he's off the map, and he counts down. And then once he gets back to regular clicks, he comes on the field again, and he resurrects, and he gets to pick like you rolled the dice, you get to. If you roll red, like you get to pick like either flurry, blade, super senses, whatever, and you keep rolling different dice and you keep getting different powers and, and bumps to stats and stuff. So he looks like a really interesting, really crazy figure, but man is he gonna have a lot of rules questions come up with him. So yeah. that that's Matthew's team surprising everybody with the resurrection man. Uh, I was joking with Austin whenever <laughs> we were looking at the teams, I said I said, Okay, I see what his plan is. He he plays Resurrection Man. He and his opponent spend 25 minutes figuring out how exactly Resurrection Man works, and by that time, there's no time for the opponent to kill Uru Forge Absorbing Man with Parallax <laughs> on top of it. I see your strategy, Matthew. Uh, yeah. And then uh, team number three is Rob Barazul, who is also an extremely good player, probably the best player out of Canada, and uh, won the Super Qualifier up there not too long ago. He also is playing Bizarro, but only at 75 points. He has uh, two Navy Seamen, Bystander, t- Pogs, Phantom Girl, White Witch, Split Lip, and Book of the Skulls. So three excellent players. That's all they have, but three excellent players. Now that was that was not the final uh, round, but from what I'm pretty sure all three of these guys made it uh, qualified, only the top eight qualified. I know George did, and I'm pretty sure that Rob and Matthew did as well. Uh, from talking to some friends that are there and some other top players, it sounds like they had uh, at least 80 people show up to qualify today, and that they only took the top eight, and the uh, top 30 got Con, Elise, and then everybody else got some uh, uh, like night vision goggles and some of the items from last year so everybody got something so for those of you who are planning on going to try to qualify tomorrow they're having a sealed event qualifier for tomorrow I think top 8 pays out or gets in so for those of you uh, who are thinking about playing go ahead and do it because you know even if you don't qualify like I said people are getting you know special items and stuff so it'll be worth your while and you'll have some good matches Um, it sounds like uh, Jeetery also got in to uh, also qualified uh, in the top eight as well, so that's another player to keep an eye on. And then other news from uh, Origins, we just have a few pictures here. I will link these URLs in the podcast description for you guys if you haven't seen them. Uh, the War of the Light white and black lantern uh, lanterns are in the same kit, and they are in the same type of kit that the other battery packs are in, the orange and the violet and the red and the pink. Um, the the sapphire whatever so it will be like packaged like that whether it will be sold only at cons or maybe comes out at a later date maybe at the end of war of the light we don't know there's no official announcement but there is a picture with it in the same packaging on display at origins so that gives us a little hint as to where that's going then other pictures the justice league strategy game was out and could be demoed, and we see that there is not only a dark side, but there is also a Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Cyborg. And then there's also a a Captain America-style Sentinel. He's in his own pack, and he has all the little pieces with him, similar to the Alpha Sentinel that came out in Days of Future Past. And he has like Captain America painted uh, flavor on him and all his little pieces that go with him. 
No, again, this is not official. This is just something they have on display, so no word yet if that's going to be only available at cons or if it's going to be something that they release in the future like an Alpha Sentinel pack, but uh, we do have pictures of those if you'd like to see them. All right, so enough news. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. So Will and I are going to go through Return of the King set, which is the set that came out just this past week. It probably snuck by for a lot of you guys. I know they didn't really make a lot of fanfare about it. Did you even see any fig- any of these spoiled, Will? No, no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize the set was coming out. I knew I heard the Return of the King was coming out at some point, but I kind of put that on the list of stuff like the Street Fighter second set that, that, that I didn't see spoilers for, so I didn't know if it was coming out or not. Yeah, you know, I, I'm i a big Lord of the Rings fan and a big fan of the clicks. I I try to play them when I can, when, our, you know, when the event build rolls allow me to. I play them quite a bit. And I was looking forward to Return of the King, but for some reason I was thinking it was going to be like the end of the year, so it snuck up on me, and then all of a sudden I was on Cool Stuff for something, and it was like, you know, buy Brick of Return of the King now, and I was like, wait, what? It's already out? Like, they they did not promote it or say hardly anything about it. It's a 16-figure uh, set. It's in the CTD form, uh, so the, not the Two Towers uh, form, but the like the Hobbit set, the last... Lord of the Rings set that they put out. It'll be packaged like that, like a gravity feed. There are, and then, as usual, there'll be 24. So there's 16 different figures, 24 boosters to a countertop display or to a brick, however you prefer to word it. And then the distribution, there are rares and commons, and that's it. There's no uncommons, there's no chases. And it looks like there are 8 commons and 8 rares. Now, as to the exact uh, pool rarity, I have not heard or seen anybody comment on that. I personally will be unboxing one CTD of this tonight, and then I will, and I'll be doing a video on that for anybody who's interested. You can ch- uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll be trying to post that tomorrow. Um, hopefully, I can get some idea about you know what's the ratio of commons to rares. But I will say the good thing, looking over the set, is that at least half. Let's see. One, two, three, four, yeah, half of the uh, commons are generic figures, which is great. So even if you do get stuck with a bunch of commons, at least they're, for the most part, generic figures. And there are also some really great figures in here, in this in this tiny little set, and there's, there's also some pretty good sculpts. So what, uh, what uh, Will and I are going to do is we each picked three figures that we think you should pick up out of this set. Even if you don't want to collect the whole thing, you should trade for or try to catch on the secondary market if you play Lord of the Rings figures at all. These are the ones to keep an eye on to look out for. If you'd like to follow along with this, go to hcrealms.com. Go to the unit section and scroll the bar there in the middle of the screen. Scroll it around to the middle where you get past modern age, and you'll see ROTK, and that's Return of the King. You'll see the 16 figures we're talking about. You can follow along with us if you'd like to. I'm going to let Will go first so that I don't accidentally steal one of his pieces, but we'll each be saying three figures. So go ahead and start with your first, Will. Who is it, and why do you think we should pick it up? I'm going to start with, since we talked about Montreal for soldiers, we're going to start with the Gregorian soldier. Uh, he's a whole whopping 45 points. And what's the value on that 45 points? I believe he gets 6 to 7 clicks. And you're going to get willpower with that. Plus they have a trait that whenever they are uh, together, I believe they get his power and precision strike. But for 45 points, you've got a lot of value. Not only a lot of value, but you got some really cool stuff. I got a chance to see online, I believe there was a place that did an opening, one of the openings as well on YouTube. And seeing the sculpt was a really beautiful sculpt. It was only 45 points you can't beat that with a stick. Yeah, their trait is Army of the Free People. Once at the beginning of your first turn for all friendly characters with this trait. So you won't choose one for each, you'll just choose one time for, and it'll apply to all of your Gondorian soldiers. Once at the beginning of your first turn, Choose attack or defense. All friendly characters with this trait modify that chosen value plus one this game. So you can kind of see your matchup, see if you have a lot of high defenses you're going to need to go up against. You know, choose the free attack. 
Um, yeah, it's a pretty good fig, uh, pretty good dial for 45 points. It also gives us some more uh, love to the man keyword, which is something they just they just started putting out when what I think the two tower set. Was the tower. Yeah, and and there's some good figures in there too, but it's always nice to have more options when you build your team. So good choice. I also have a man figure um, for mine, and it is surprisingly enough has the man keyword, which is mostly uh, usually like a good-natured fig uh, people, but also has the forces of Sauron keyword, so it can be played on either one of those theme teams. And it is Herodrim. He is a common. He also is very cheap, only 50 points. He has he starts with sidestep and a special attack power. When Herodrim is adjacent to a friendly character named Mumakil or targeting a character on a lower elevation, he deals penetrating damage when making a ranged combat attack. So he has a 6 range in sidestep with a 10 attack, and then if he's either above his target or any time that he's adjacent to a Mumakil, uh, he gets to deal penetrating damage with his ranged combat attacks. And that sounds okay, but then you look at the fact that he has enhancement, so with, you know when he's next to multiple Mumakils, he's also helping them out. And there is another figure in this set who is very good as well and almost made my list. Uh, his name is Mumakil Mahud. He also boosts other... He has a couple of special powers that also boost Mumakils. And uh, so those together, the synergy is going to be great. I think it'll be a, a really fun team to play together. and be a, be a good theme team. And for those who are wondering, well, why is there no Mumakil in the set? Will and I were talking about this earlier. There is no generic Mumakil, unfortunately, in this main set. But there is an old token that you could print and play off of heroclicks.com that is a 9-point horde token and uh, it's not too impressive aside from an 18 defense for 9 points is pretty damn good but um, the you know these little cheap little guys will apply for all these buffs so Herodrim can give you know he can deal penetrating when he's next to them and then the Mumakil Mahud guy um, has two special powers that buff these little these little horror tokens. One would give them quake and carry that don't modify. So a little nine point carrying eighteen defense tie up guy for nine points is just amazing. And then he also has a damage power that would give them empower and plus one attack. So that may be uh, you know a little a fun little theme team to build if you want to Herodrim. Uh, Mumakil Mahud, and then uh, you know some of the horde tokens. But I'll let Will now go with his number two piece and why he thinks it's one of the best figures in the set. And since you mentioned Mumakil Mahud, we're going to go into him a little bit more, just to kind of expand on that a little bit. One of the things I thought was interesting was for 95 points, you have a seven-click figure, but click four being his weakest click, if you consider that all the rest of his clicks either have a start and attack of 10 or 11. He has a 9 attack on the fourth click. But other than that, he's rocking at least 10s and 11s the whole entire job. So he's a steady, pretty steady attacker. And then in addition to that, he also starts off with two clicks without wit. So then, as mentioned by Hunter, you know, he has his movement, movement special power, which is all other friendly characters with movement kill in their name and their eight squares use quake in the carry ability and do not modify the speed values when using the carry ability. So they're not getting hindered like other people would normally get hindered when they carry. And then also on his damage special power it's the Moomoo Kill Commando. The other friendly characters with Moomoo Kill in their name and they're within eight squares use the power and modify their attack values on plus one. And so I think what, what Hunter was saying that goes, it, it, that does make those horror tokens become a lot more of a threat. And also, it, 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 it's kind of like, if you just do a comparison, Weapon X from Deadpool, if you look at the hands, you know, people think, oh, okay, you just shoot two hands, and what's the big deal? Well, when you start looking at what they do, it becomes a really big deal. And the same thing when you when you can bump up the attack of these horror tokens, these nine-point horror tokens, five one, and give them carry, and give them empower, they can swarm on you real quick and do a lot of damage. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to trying those guys. And a matter of fact, I'm playing in a side tournament at Gen Con for Lord of the Rings. Those are usually the the side tournaments I look for. And I may actually try to try to pull that little combo off and build a big forces of Sauron team and try those guys out because they look fun. Um, my yeah. second one is boy, I got a couple to choose from here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Aragorn. Um, we, we already have lots of great Aragorns as it is, and this is yet another. He's he's right up there. He may be the best besides the Lord of the Rings, the the original one. This guy's 130 with Fellowship, Gondor, Man, Ruler, and Warrior keywords, and ignoring hindering train on movement. Um, he has a lot of good things on his dial. The he you know dial wise, he starts off with a special charge and stealth. And then a special damage power of leadership. And when he uses leadership, if he doesn't succeed, he can use shape change until he uses leadership again. And I really like that combo of, you know, if you're... There's a lot of times, depending on the team build and depending what happens in the game, where you have a power like leadership that all of a sudden is giving you no use at all. And so um, say that they take out your guy that you're trying to leadership off of. Or say that in this matchup you would rather have shape change instead of leadership. Then you can roll leadership, miss it, and then choose not to roll it anymore so that you have shape change You know, until you deem that it's time to use leadership again. I really like that. And I also like it because his trait gives him the option to choose super senses. And super senses, super senses stealth, shape change, and a 17 combat reflexes in Lord of the Rings clicks is about as good as you can ask for. Um, because they already, for the most part, have a hard time hitting these high defense figures. So he's going to be really tough for a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff to deal with. His trade I was referencing, uh, you give him a free action and you choose one of the following, he can use it until he uses this ability again. Uh, He has a choice of Blades, Flurry, Range Combat Expert with a range of 7, or Super Senses. That is some versatility right there. Especially because he already has charge, so he only has 11 attack, 2 damage, so if you want charge blades, that's a good option, charge flurry, or if you're sitting in stealth and they don't have you know, any charge uh, figures or any ways to see through stealth, choose range combat expert and sit there and punish them until they move in on you. Um, I like him a lot, and then his, his epic action is just, it's, it's nice, I'm sure it's useful in some builds. Uh, you give him an epic action, and you choose one friendly with a lower point value or a shared keyword, and you choose one friendly for each 200 points of the build total. And then you place those characters in squares adjacent to Aragorn. So like the original Lord of the Rings Aragorn, he helps his people move up if he needs to. But with this guy, I think you're more going to be using him for his offensive and kind of control capabilities because he also has charge and uh, outwit for some of his clicks as well. Also, Indom. So for 130 points, I think he brings a lot to the table. A very nice uh, addition to Fellowship and man theme teams. Wow. Um, what is your third place uh, figure, Will? My third place figure is Gandalf the White, but it's a 65 point option. He starts off with, uh, he only has a 4 down with a 65 point option. He has, the board is set, the pieces are moving. And it says, uh, uh, and it's, it's a piece basically talks about if he is at 65 points, he stops the first KL. If he does, uh, he KLs at the red line. If, he, if he's at 195 points, then he stops at the first KL. So it just talks about that. But then the other one is the White Wizard. Just give a free action and choose one standard power on his card for each action token he is assigned. So the power can be used until your next turn. So it's more interesting because you're going, okay, even if I don't have access to these powers yet, I actually have the ability to use them. And so it gives him a lot more options, especially, again, for 65 points. Now, mind you, the 65 point option does not have the Mystic team ability. It only gets the Mystic team ability when I understand if he's on the 195 option. But it doesn't give him a simple keyword. I don't know what keywords it just make him even more interesting for. 
I I also like him a lot. I mean that I like his high point dial too, where he basically stays the same. He has the same first four clicks, but then he has a stop click. He gets mystics, and then he has a special kind of a little bit more offensive capabilities. But yeah, so that. Yeah, it's like a stop click, and then he gets uh, charge and flurry that can't be. Uh, you can't ignore a stop click either, but. Um, and he gets a, a he gets an epic action, which is pretty good too. But the sixty five point, this is what Lord of the Rings figures kind of lack. They don't have a a Jinx or a Scarlet Witch or something that's kind of a cheapish support piece that really brings all this stuff to the table. And this guy is is it. I mean, for sixty five points, you have a carrier, and then you have his special um, support powers thing. So you know he carries and moves somebody up. He already has support, and then I choose what do I need: prob, outwit, or perplex. You know, I choose which one I need in the situation. I use it. Next turn, I either make an attack with my seven range sharpshooter ten attack, or I carry somebody up again, and then now I get to choose two powers. You know, um, even when he has the clear tokens, if you think about it, you could choose perplex. You could start the turn with two tokens, use your free action at that point. Take the outwit and prop control, or take the perplex and prop control. Pump up your guy next to you and have him take a big shot, and then problem if he misses, you know, and then clear your tokens at the end of the turn. So, with the this kind of reminds me of the mask from uh, Chaos War. If you remember her, like uh-huh. she, if she had one token, she could do X. If she had two tokens, she could do this. And if you're yeah. smart with it, you can really get a lot of value out of the figure. And I think he's going to be one of those where. If you're smart about when you activate this free action, you can get lots of good play out of him. I think he's excellent. He's kind of that ghost rider feel, too. You know, when you get the two tokens, they use the Hellfire game. Yeah. They start. So you get the second one, the Hellfire game, and then at the beginning of that turn, Hellfire game again. Yeah, I'm, I really yeah. like him. I think he's the best Gandalf. He's at least very useful and very versatile for 65 points. A good choice. Um, my last one I'm having trouble choosing between Soldier of the Dead and Gothmog. I think, I think I'm gonna go with Gothmog just because he has two point options, both which are really good. But I also feel like he's kind of a thematic, um, kind of buffs the little guys, which is what I like in my Lord of the Rings figures. I like playing big point builds and having a bunch of them, and having you know the kind of like leaders of the packs. Um, his 150 option gives him an extra two clicks ahead of his 100 point options. Both clicks have sidestep, impervious, and leadership. And top dial having a 12 attack is pretty good in Lord of the Rings. He has traded uh, energy shield regardless of his point value. And he has a special attack power for his full dial as well. When an opposing character takes damage from his or an adjacent friendly character's attack, you place a special token on his card. When he has three or more... uh, tokens on his card. Friendly characters with the orc keyword uh, can use improved movement, ignores blocking terrain. So that's kind of nice, but not really why you're gonna, you know, why why you're gonna want to play him. Um, I do really like his damage power though that he gets for the majority of his dial. All any friendly characters adjacent to him during the beginning of your turn. Modify their attack values plus one, so he's getting like a, a big bonus perplex. So you can play him on your Forces of Sauron team or your Orc team, which Orcs do need some more good, you know, figures for their keyword. And he's kind of like a little mini boss. He's got leadership, he can potentially help you guys move around easier. He's got good attacks and the, uh, good attack values. He never is below a 10. And then he, um, He's just kind of your big, beefy leader guy. He's got leadership and then a special damage power later, both of which are pretty useful. And then Soldier of the Dead is just a really good generic for 50 points. I, I, him and the other, uh, the King uh, King of the Dead, are really cool. If you guys remember the movie there, like the little uh, Aragorn goes and frees them, and they all kind of go rushing out on the battlefield. Sol- uh, Soldier of the Dead is very good, though, for 50 points. He can... Uh, carry somebody he can sidestep they can carry each other for free if they share a keyword so very very good set great set all around i mean honestly i was surprised when i went through these dials i was like 16 figures 
Oh, there's probably like three good figures in it. No, at least half of the set is, I would say, is very good. So I'm pretty yeah. happy with it. And then I'll let... Oh, yeah. I love me some Lord of the Rings clicks, man. It's always, you know, one thing, whether you're a Lord of the Rings fan or not, I feel like it's a fun hero clicks. It's a fun way to play hero clicks. The, the whole um, having some minions... Having a little leader guy for them, you know, depending on how big of a game, having multiple leaders and multiple different types of armies. Like, hey, I've got my orc archers here and my my little orc, uh, you know, guys with knives here, or my berserker guys here, and I got my giant powered up orc. You know, that like it's just fun to play uh, hero clicks in these big points game with these Lord of the Rings figures. It's really fun, and I think they do a great job of of translating the characters well and, and the feel of it well. Definitely, definitely. I, I really, once I got to looking into this set, I honestly say now that I definitely want to pick some up. I want to find a way to get some, get a hold of these guys. Yeah, so if you guys want to see the sculpts as well, and like I said, if you want to figure out the rarity distribution, um, hopefully through opening a CTD, and I'll look online and talk to other people who've opened some too, Hopefully we can figure out the rarity and figure out how hard it's going to be for you guys to pull rares from this set, since it is kind of a weird rarity scheme with half rares and half commons and no chases. But um, it can't be any worse than two towers. That was a hard set to collect. This this has to be a lot easier than that. Um, so that is actually going to do it for us. I know it's pretty fast, and I apologize for that. But like I said, you guys know the new format. Um, for us, we'll have the short episodes alternating with the long episodes just because of our new schedules and with me starting MMA back again. And then uh, it's especially been busy lately with the wedding and honeymoon and everything. I'm actually leaving on my honeymoon in the morning real early. Uh, going to Florida, I can't wait. You know, first time at the beach. So if you guys PM me or anything or ask me advice for your tournaments like you guys always do, I'm sorry, but I will not be helping out. For the next week, <laughs> I'll be relaxing. Um, you can put on your Facebook page. I'm Hunter is predisposed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that reminds me, for those of you who do our dial design contests, uh, we won't. Like I said, I'll be gone. I'll be out of state. I think I will have Wi-Fi down there, so maybe if I get time to do score dial scores, I will. But um, it will be a few days late on the dial scores this week for our winner but that's okay because we're like two weeks ahead of the schedule already we're already done with june this weekend and we still have two more weeks of june so all right so thanks will for being on you know i'm sorry that you didn't get to be on an episode where we have more time but i tell you we'll we'll have to i'll have to keep you in the pocket and have you on again if you'd be interested in ha- and have you on again sometime when i need a listener guest I would, I would definitely love to be. I would definitely love to be. I appreciate the opportunity to be involved in this particular cast. Where is your, uh, real quick before we sign off, where do you uh, play at and uh, are there any events or anything you want to promote locally for your venue or get your venue some uh, attention? My venue is Vaughn's Games in, in Lake Jackson, Texas. Unfortunately, we're trying to restructure some things for as far as trying to run events and things like that. So we're trying to restructure and get back in the groove running. We were running the last event. We actually got a chance to run with, I think, Pierce F1-3. And so then we kind of went through a round of players. And so now we're in the process of trying to rebuild those players, get base back up, and go back, get back into playing again. Okay. All right. Do you guys, do you guys need anything for your events? Like, uh, do you need, like... Um resources or maps for Fear Self or Avenger Sex Men or anything I can help out with because no. I'm anything would be anything that we can get to help out would be greatly appreciated uh, I know I've been talking to some of the people that were playing and they're coming back to they kind of we have a lot we had a lot of younger players before school starting kind of kind of hurt us a lot mm-hmm. so we're just trying to get back in and uh, we're trying to see about getting some more of the like somewhere in the process we don't know exactly when or where we're gonna be able to get it. It just depends on uh, depends on how the basically order from is able to get a hold of it itself. Yeah. So apparently it's 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 tough right now to get it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. For those store owners out there, uh, if you haven't already uh, ordered your War of the Light, try get it as quick as you can and as much as you can because. 
they're if they if WizKids is already warning us ahead of time, hey, we're not going to have much product, and you need to get it now. Then you can bet that it is going to be sold out extremely quick because usually it, it already sells out. These things sell out really quick, and they usually never give a warning. So I think they know that uh, that this stuff's going to fly off the shelves, and they don't have enough at the moment to keep it keep it in supply. So yeah, I'm I'm interesting. I still have yet to play in a War of the Light uh, event, but I'm I'm super hyped for it. I, we're having our first one next week, so uh, we'll yeah. we'll certainly. Not Sure. Okay. Uh, you were mentioning Bizarro earlier, and I had a chance to talk with uh, Dark Logos a few weeks ago. And one of the things I mentioned to him uh, from Deadpool's set was the Weapon X Engineer, I believe. The Deadpool Gravity Team. Uh-huh. And one of the things I mentioned about him was, of course, he does the once per game power action. And he's only like 30 or 40 points. Yeah. And he basically does the quick does give a, a person two action tokens and then they get in, I believe it's invulnerability yep I'm like that would be a really nasty way to, to give Bizarro invulnerability on top of everything else he already has I know he can't use his vulnerability when he has a purpose but he can use it when he has super sensitive Definitely, we like that. that was something that when they initially uh, came out to Gravity Feed, that was something Austin and I were discussing. I, w- I was like, you know, in a no tactics game, that is the best way to power up Bizarro is this guy. You know, when you don't have a source of giving giving him healing, and you don't have a source of uh, of buffing him or giving him some kind of reducers like random things from the gauntlet. Um, or giving him super senses uh, from a, a gym while he's on, you know, the impervious part of his dial. Having permanent invulnerability for a figure who's, you know, taking one click on Bizarro, eh, that's not that big a deal if you're playing him on a big, uh, you know, a big points uh, option. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's not, I, I, you know, I don't think we brought up on the podcast, so thanks for doing that. Because that was a good idea we had talked about before. And you're absolutely right. And if you guys think of any other ideas like that that you want to share with other people, I know um, there's a guy on Twitter that has been giving us good uh, Blind Owl tips. There's a lot of tricks you can play with Blind Owl. I know we talked about it on the podcast too, but there's there's tons of little tricks you can play with a lot of these newer pieces. If you guys think of any good ideas and you want to share them with everybody else, feel free to, to message us or post on the Facebook group, but like Blind Al and um, Hulks, Blind Al, uh, the guy on Twitter, and I'll have to give him a shout out later. But Blind Al co- combined with the Guardians of the, or what was that set called? Galactic Guardians, not Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Doctor Strange, zero uh, twenty eight, who typically has to push to get his uh, start producing astrals. You know, with Blind Al, he gets to he gets to start putting out astrals on turn one with Blind Al. So there's going to be lots of little tricks like that. You guys think of anything? Uh, feel free to share it with us, like Will does, and uh, and we'll get the get the word out to our other list, fellow listeners. So yeah, thanks for that. That's you're absolutely right. Um, and Edward is another good that you know. It, that reminds me, it's been a while since I plugged uh, plug starting over on on this podcast. So if you guys don't listen to any other clicks podcast, um, the one I would say for sure, listen to just because it's so much different than any of the other ones is, is, uh, Edwards podcast, uh, starting over podcast, which is only on YouTube. But, um, you know, it may not be for everybody cause, but for those who have been playing for a while, or who are interested in competitive clicks and would like a cast where it's just you know one guy going through concepts for a long time and, and giving you some more in-depth you know and intelligent thoughts. That's a really good um, kind of totally like I said, totally different perspective on the Hero Clicks podcast. Um, Edward is also a really great guy. I've been doing stuff with him now for a year, pretty much since we started. You know, he's been on our cast a few times. I've been on their cast once or twice or on his cast once twice, and then we do the quarry together. Um, so he's a great guy. He has a great podcast. Everybody should subscribe to it if, you, if you're looking for more content. Starting, he just did a new series on topography. He was talking about maps. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's a good player, too. He's a smart, smart guy, a good player, and a good friend. 
Um, sadly, I will not be doing the quarry with him starting in July just because of time constraints. But I am always going to be there for for him and for those guys for uh, Dan Moran too. Uh, um, if they or Dan joins, if they uh, if they need me in an emergency situation, I'll I'll have their back because they're cause they're some really good guys. So you guys. Yeah, he's 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 been asking me like, who should I get? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's hard to find people who uh, can contribute the time that it requires to do these things. And once we when we started the quarry, we thought it was just going to be a once a month thing. And then all of a sudden, after like we had done the first couple months, like ROC just exploded and got super popular. And now it's like every week we have to record and talk about you know super qualifiers and stuff, and that it just takes a lot a lot of our time, especially uh, in that in the case of that podcast, you know it takes a lot of Edward's time because he has to do editing too. So, but anyways, yeah. as long as you guys listen, we uh, we appreciate it, and it's it's all worth it. So thanks again, Will, for being on the podcast. We'll have to have you on again sometime in the future. And for those of you who would like to do what Will did and be a guest on the podcast, just Pay attention uh, on our Facebook. Follow us on Facebook if you don't already. Dial H for Hero Clicks. And um, whenever I need a guest in advance, I will always post on there first. And we'll do kind of a first come, first serve thing. But uh, thanks again to my special guest. Thanks again to all of you guys listening. And if you have, like I said, if you have any questions, I will be unavailable this week until next week. So until next week, I'll be relaxing in Florida. You guys go about your normal lives, but have a good time. Stay uh, stay up on the happenings of Origins, and uh, good luck to everybody who's competing out there this weekend.